Hi there, welcome back. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, we rebranded completely, can you believe it? First, uh, it was my name, DanielVanLoosbroek.com, and nobody could pronounce that or spell that or type it in correctly, so then I thought I needed a new website. And from my own ideas, we, we, we went to CFS Healing, which is actually a terrible name. And everything that happened with that was a big struggle. Everything went wrong, from migrating the website to creating a new logo. And I was forcing my will onto this. And I was getting really stressed because of it. And then I just decided to just drop it. And I really relaxed. I came back to the flow. I meditated on the changes that were needing and as a result, I just saw everything in front of me the way that it is right now. So we rebranded into release because that's the essence of what we do. And a new style, it's, it's a bit darker, so it's really good for the ones with, uh, with eye sensitivities. It's, it's more to the point. And the old alignment recovery program, that is sort of like something that happened four years ago. And I, well, I did some improvements to it. But the whole idea was there at that time to still become something. And as I spoke with almost a thousand people with chronic fatigue syndrome or other, other chronic complaints like burnout, fibromyalgia or autoimmune diseases, I've learned that that is really not anymore uh, necessary to become something else or to, 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 to learn how to be yourself again or something. Because it all happens automatically. And the only thing that people do need is a release. A release of the stressor inside of them that creates the symptoms and that is causing the resistance. And the resistance is another word for stress. So in the new program, it's really to the point. It's simple. Um, it's practical. But at the same time, I also explain more. Because in the past, when the program was uh, openly available, it was donation-based, I received so many emails from people who needed help or who were not committed to it or who were arguing um, and therefore not really committed to, to continue. They sort of picked out the things that they thought that would be good for them and they left out, you know, the painful stuff because, you know, healing is as well looking at the painful stuff healing comes from whole wholeness holing so it's be about becoming whole again and about becoming who you really are and that's as well about accepting accepting where you are right now because only from a place of acceptance can you see the present moment and reality for what it is and only when you look at it and allow it completely can it change. I've uh, watched a YouTube comment. Uh, someone was telling in YouTube comments that they've tried everything. And then someone else commented on that, saying that, what if you stop trying? Because even the meditation that uh, that person did was forceful meditation. So they meditated to resist reality. I want to heal. 
but that mean, meant for most people to go back to your old life, to function again, to go back to your coping mechanisms. And I talk in my work a lot about coping mechanisms and why they are actually making you stressed and why it's not really living. It's not the flow. And once I gave up on how I thought how things ought to be, when I rested and waited for the flow, things sort of came to me. And instead, I was visualizing it. It just came to me while I was meditating. How everything was supposed to look, more or less. And then I started to create the website. I started to create the logo. And because I was in the flow, everything sort of happened within a few hours. All the things that I struggled with many hours before sort of just came into existence out of nothing. And I think that this is really something that we can learn to be in a state of openness and accept what is and see what is happening. And as well, accepting reality, accepting that maybe you want to change, but maybe you know, you need to look at reality first and become whole with it. And only then can something happen, something new, something creative can come through us. And the same applies as well in healing. First, it's important to know what, what healing really is, but, it, you know, healing comes from wholeness. So becoming whole again. Um, so that means you were not whole before, otherwise you don't need healing. That is also, you know, shining a different light on, on the past. So maybe you don't go back to your old reality, and maybe that's a very good thing. And then, you know, okay, but why? Why is my body doing this right now? And with uh, many hundreds of people that I spoke, spoke with, I discovered that um, they had a good moment before their healing journey started. Maybe something left their life like a stressful job or a bad relationship or financial problems. Maybe they did a really nice love drug thing. Maybe they had a new relationship with a lot of love and feeling great. So as a result, their body shifted to a place of acceptance. You give your body the message after years of not expressing the fight or flight mode, but expressing it in a in a negative way, that there is safety. Survival mode has ended for you, and you are finally safe. Now, we can't expect from that moment to just live happily ever after, after that. Because there is, there are many years and or decades of suppressing energies, stress. That stress is stored in your body, and it wants to leave your body. Because that's just the flow. It wants to get out of your body. Yet, we have conditioned the brain to, to not wanting to experience these stressors. It's uncomfortable. We don't like it. We want to feel good. And we turn away our, from, from, the, from the bad feeling. Bad feeling. So a bad emotion can be fear. A bad emotion can be anger. It can be shame. Um, it's just unpleasant. 
but it wants to leave your body. But the brain is perceiving it as a danger and creates symptoms. We are getting um, in resistance towards this whole um, process, the healing process. And we get very stressed and wired because we resist healing. But healing comes, if you look at it from this way, by just being without any effort. So every time there is a symptom or there is stress, there is something that you are doing, maybe unconsciously, maybe consciously, but you're making it last longer. So it can go really fast, although we have to unlearn so many things that we perceive as normal, but they are not natural. And the more you release, the better you feel. And all the stress from the body can leave your body and that will go in a pattern with ups and downs. So after a release, you feel good or better. Depends on you know how extreme you've, you've, you've gotten. There is an improvement. Um, your body wants to let go of more stress, which comes up. Your brain perceives it as a danger unconsciously. You're getting in a state of resistance. You get wired. You get nervous, you get some OCD, you get some tics, you get uh, lots of thoughts. And that's all a state of resistance. But once you really feel the stressor, it's usually 90 seconds. 90 seconds of a release, of really connecting with it. And in order to get to that 90 seconds, I recommend 30 minutes a day of doing release work to really get there. And then you go, you've released, you feel better. So do something something beautiful. Get, do something out of the flow. Do something you love. Do something without pressure, without a to-do list. Just try to be present. Try to be here. Try to enjoy yourself. Because, I mean, that's what everything is about. It's not about your to-do list. Forget about your ego. Your ego has lost the game. Your ego is going to die eventually because... Well, it sounds very philosophical, but everything we do is out of a state of resistance almost. We identify with it. And um, yeah, once you have no longer anything to resist, you sort of become who you are and you get back to your natural self, which is ease, which is flow. And you don't have to project your lack or your feeling of not being good enough on others or the world, the climate or, or anything that we projected on. Because usually as soon as people want to improve something that they perceive as bad in the world, they only make it worse. Because nature is, a, is an ecosystem where everything happens. Everything is in balance with each other. And we're human beings. We are the only one resisting that. We are the only ones who are able to resist our flight or flight response. We are the only one who is able to resist our emotions. That's sort of like our gift, but also our nightmare. When my dog is, is scared, for example, he's not going to suppress that. He's, he's uh, afraid of a, of a fly that crawls into his fur. And then it 
bites him and sucks blood from his skin. Sounds like a vampire. But it's a very tiny fly. And then he, as soon as he sees that fly, he's so scared. And he runs. We've got a little cage in the garden. He runs into it and he hides. And I don't see him for an hour unless he feels safe again. So that's the fight or flight response. And he applies it instantly. And as a result, after that, it's gone. It's no longer there. But we humans, we, we tend to, you know, put it in our body and, and wait and wait and wait. And then we want to reach safety because we feel so scared because we don't release the energy. And then everything we do becomes about safety, becomes about getting worthiness. Because if you don't treat your own messages from your soul as worthy, you are yourself giving yourself the message that you are bad or unworthy. So you're enhancing the feeling. And by every coping mechanism, you're enhancing it. And by every to-do list thing that you think that you need to do, you're enhancing the underlying feelings. And the more you teach the brain uh, via years of conditioning that you don't want to experience certain feelings and emotions and realities, the more it's going to filter that away from you. Just like, for example, a noisy fridge or a sound of a car, you don't notice it anymore when it's there. But when you turn it off, you, you notice it instantly. So it is there, and it's, it's deciding your life. It's deciding almost everything that you do unconsciously. But it all comes from resistance, and it all comes from stress. But at a certain point, you don't see that anymore. It becomes a blind spot. And then healing is about getting whole again. And that can be sometimes very painful, especially if you have suppressed parts of yourself, like me, since you were a little baby. I started suppressing things uh, maybe with uh, one years old or two years old. I, in some healing sessions, I also connected with the baby inside of me, the unborn child even. I mean, there, there are really crazy things possible when you, when you go under hypnosis. And hypnosis is a big part of my, of my job, my work. Uh, but then you allow it, you connect with the pain, and then it's gone. It no longer drives you to do a certain thing. So the more you heal, the less you need. And I've also discovered that the more you heal, the less you need to eat and drink. It sounds crazy. Uh, we don't eat or drink a lot, especially Valentina. For the ones who don't know her, she's my partner for two, two and a half years. Well, I know her two and a half years. And she really taught me you know, I had already the, the alignment recovery program, but she really taught me how to go deep, how to release. And that started actually, side story, because I had a phone call. And after the phone call, I was getting really tired. And I said, I need to go to bed. And she denied that. And she made me go inwards, things that I already did with clients. And we, made, we managed to release that after five minutes. The fear filled it through, had a release, shivering, shivering shaking, uh, crying, uh, all beautiful release signs. Some people do uncontrolled laughter, which is amazing, especially in a coaching session. Uh, I love that. But, you know, some people also vomit. So, you know, like, um, it's just what it is. And sort of my gift to make people uh, release and cry 
That's why I had a difficult childhood as well. But it's sort of like, okay, well, this is my gift maybe. Uh, so let's turn it around in a way that uh, it actually benefits uh, me and everyone else. So we don't eat a lot anymore. And I've noticed that the more I release, because I, you know, I keep going, I don't have symptoms anymore because my brain is not anymore perceiving them as a danger. But sometimes the old stress can be, really be uncomfortable. So I noticed that after releasing so many stressors for the past years, my body just becomes so light, so flowing, so at ease. It's like sometimes I hardly notice that I'm there. My mind gets quiet because there's not a lot to, to resist. And Valentina sometimes mentions that it's like there's nobody laying there anymore when I'm laying in bed. And thanks to her, we really managed to dive deep and uh, to help a lot of people with different tools. So she is a really big asset uh, to the program. A lot of her work is, is in it. And I'm really grateful to, to work together with her, to be with her as well. And she also works as a coach. Um, so you can book her as well for a coaching session. She, she's a little bit different than me. I'm probably really straight to the point. And she's more feminine. And well, so we sort of balance each other out. So I'm really happy that she is there. And we live together in, uh, in Sardinia. That's, that's also a really cool story about the flow. So we moved here and financially we were, we were not in a good place. But still we took the leap of faith and we decided to move here. And we lived in a very small thing. It was really cheap for a few months and then we had to find something else. But that something else in the summer was something that we could hardly afford. At the same time, we also took a dog. Um, there was a dog that we managed to, to meet very early on when we arrived here. And I looked at that dog and I saw, oh my God, this is my dog. I visualized him. But how, how can we do this? Um, we don't have a home. We don't have a garden. We hardly have enough money for ourselves. I, I mean, I worked on donation-based and in the beginning as well, all the coachings were donation-based. So that was a leap of faith. And we decided to move to that house and to take the dog with us. He didn't like us at all in the beginning. But immediately after going there and having the dog, life gave us more money. And somehow, you know, it's always logical. You can always explain it. But reality is that before we didn't have the money and after the decision we suddenly had the money dog food is around 100 euro 50 euros a month and immediately after taking the dog we have more money so it was sort of like life was providing us with exactly that what we need for our next step and we had to take care of another living being and life did that for us so that's how we've been going ever since that moment. Um, we, were, we, we started earning still less than the minimum wage or what is it called? Um, well, I don't know. But we didn't have a lot of money, but we just had enough. 
And from that moment on, there was a lot of tough choices that we needed to make. Tough financial choices. But every time we took a little a leap of faith, and every time we were rewarded with it big times. And the same thing happened as well when I closed the program. I mean, I was afraid that no one would join the program. But instead, it's the opposite. Because now, people get as well committed to it. And that made me able to, to, to do more stuff, to, to make it better, to improve things, to, to edit things a little bit better. And to as well create a new intro, as you hear here in this uh, in this uh, in this podcast, and a new outro. And suddenly everything opens up just because of leaps of faith, and all the actions that we did, they were not coming from our ego, because every time we did that, things went wrong. But we meditated and you know decided on what would be the next step in the flow to do. And every time, because now we live in another house again. We, we live in a house really near the sea. It's, it's really a bargain. It's, it's really amazing. But that only came from the flow. And it really feels to me that life is providing us every second of every day with exactly what we need. Because although there might be fear about not being able to survive, we've always survived. We've always made it. Otherwise, you would have been dead by now. But even the moments that were not good, I mean, we I had lots of them. They all helped me because somehow life also wants to trigger the old energies that are inside of us, that are no longer serving us, the pains and everything. So for a lot of people, life is providing them in a way to really make them feel reality, to make them see it. This is your internal reality and this is reflecting as well your external reality right now. So you're being placed in a situation that is going to trigger your tra your childhood trauma. So maybe you live again with your parents and that becomes an opportunity to release the emotions that you have stuck according to that situation, whether it is lack, whether it is anger, whether it is fear. And we have to really go through that. But despite that difficult situation, we always had enough to eat and drink. And uh, in the years prior to, to, to my chronic fatigue syndrome, for me it started with, uh, with 30. So that was like 30 years of suppressed emotions. So it's going to take a while with a lot of ups and downs. But I finally had a good moment in my life. Finally some safety. And as a result... With 30, my healing phase started. That's how I look at it. And the only reason that it, last, that it lasted for seven or eight years was uh, my, my resistance. Because I, little Daniel, my ego, knew better than life itself what to do. And I think that's sort of the reason why we, you, as a humanity, as a species, are on a rampage on this planet. Because we always think with our limited perspective and our limited intelligence that we know better than life. But life is an ecosystem. Everything serves each other. Everything fits together. 
but we have to take our place in that. And then it will thrive. We will thrive. And it happens automatically when we follow our emotions. So the whole reason we came into this mess is because we denied our emotions. And I think that emotions are the language of the soul. Whenever we are in a bad place, it gives us an emotion. It's usually just 90 seconds, unless we make a really big drama out of it. A 90 second is scientifically proven. And that emotion is going to stir us in a way that we are making a change. Because it wants us to be joyful. But if we don't allow that, then we stay stuck. So maybe you have anger because you needed to make a change with your anger. But then you don't make a change and then you get irritation all the time because you're complaining, you don't really want to solve the situation, you don't really want to make the, the moves that are necessary to put you in a better place. But if we would follow every impulse from our soul, if I take it in a spiritual way or from our body, if it more down to earth, then the purpose of these emotions are to let something go with grief, something uh, with grief, for example, or to run away from danger so that we're good again, or that we fight someone who is attacking us. And then after that, we can go back to a state of joy. And joy is right now, it's, it's allowed. We always fake to be joyful. I mean, most people have no clue what it is to be joyful but we fake it. So that's allowed. It's allowed to be happy. But I mean, like happiness, when you're unhappy uh, because of your stuck emotions, it's, it's sort of fake. It's not really it. It's shallow. It's not the deep satisfaction that we can have by living on this planet in harmony. And there was a time where, as well, um, joy was not allowed. If you look back to the pictures of the 19th and early 20th century, we see that nobody is smiling. And I grew up in, 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 a, in a town that was very religious. And they had the idea that uh, we were all born in sin. Uh, we had to earn our way to heaven. And as a result, we should not really enjoy this reality, this planet, this creation. And the only thing that matters is going to heaven. And we do that by pretending to be God-fearing citizens and to suppress all our emotions. I mean, it's an idea. So nobody was happy, or at least they were not showing each other that they were happy. And the only thing that changed from that time to now is that we allow ourselves to be happy. But all the other emotions, we still think they're bad. Because it also makes sense sometimes. Because when someone suppresses anger for, for let's say, 20 decades of uh, 20 years then that anger is going to come out somehow in a very disruptive way and then we condemn that i think that eventually everybody has got a killer inside of them and maybe in the beginning when that is coming up it can be very disturbing especially if if that's like 20 years of suppressed emotions but i think eventually we should all have to that capacity to be someone who could eventually kill someone. And, but only if we then allow that, that, that strength inside of us 
can we transform it in something positive? And then you really start to, to master your emotions and your feelings. So therefore, I don't condemn anybody who murdered someone or criminals because as soon as you know as long as we still live in lack as a society we and we all need when we all need coping we all feel very disturbed inside of us this is just going to be our reality and we have to accept that and we are all, i think we're all creating these uh so-called monsters in our society by trying to be good and we're killing the ecosystems with good intentions because the road to hell is paved with good intentions and if you then want to be a good child for example and that because you want to be accepted by mommy and daddy and if being a good child means that you have no boundaries um, so anger is not allowed fear is being judged then you start on this road of stress that is going eventually um, maybe cause a chronic disease or something else you're starting that with good intentions and it comes out of a need to survive and for most people almost everything they've done in life is coming out of the survival mode whether and i mean that sounds crazy because even if you do a hobby but if you want to be good at it if you want to be seen because you feel so terribly unseen because you don't see yourself, then everything becomes a matter of life or death, whether it is playing football, whether it's making music. And then we all want to be seen because we feel unseen and we can't really see that from ourselves. And then, you know, like making this normal in an unnatural world, you arrive in the 21st century. This is our day. This is how we live. We live with a lot of rules, with a lot of restrictions. And everything that we do is sort of coming out of the survival mode, whether it is being a good citizen, a God-fearing citizen, a good father or a good mother. All these desires come from the opposite, from a duality. So allow yourself to be a bad mother. And if you really want to break the cycle and teach your child to feel their emotions and hold space for them, hold space for your own emotion, make them a part of your healing journey and try to break this cycle of suppression, of, of stress. Because uh, sometimes when I speak parents with chronic fatigue syndrome, they are uh, unconsciously still putting that same pressure that is caught that that led them to to this place to this healing phase on their children and they think that this is the only way that they can have a good future maybe right uh, pressing them into a schooling system making them uh, achieve higher high notes because we are afraid that our offspring will live in lack and that's because we project our lack, our feeling of unworthiness on our children. And it's, um, it's, it's really subtle sometimes because we deceive ourselves the whole time to not having to feel those terrible sensations of not being good enough. But it's the result of constant suppression 
that loneliness inside of us is because we don't see parts of ourselves. But once you completely relax and allow, then healing goes automatically. And it goes with ups and downs. But I believe healing should be no effort. So if you're if you're uh, forcefully meditating, then stop that. If you're forcefully trying to do uh, a recovery program, then stop that. And ask yourself, where do I want to go? What do I want from life? Who am I? What what am I here for? What can I do? then you see that most things that we think that are important are no longer important. They don't really matter. And the purpose that why we are here also doesn't have to be something to, to change the world, to make it a better place. Because if we would stop fighting, we would see that it is already a good place. It's a beautiful planet. It's, it's actually amazing. And once we step out of the way, it will just naturally take over again. And if we step into alignment, into the flow, then we take our natural place in life. And we have lots, lots, lot less stress in our lives. Um, we need less food, less sleep, but also less people. Because most people are still very stressed. And almost every uh, situation that I encounter is someone wanting something from me whether it is acceptance, uh, that whatever it is, like uh, looking where I am at the hierarchy of life and then comparing with where they are, with what is their job title. And we want to be accepted, but we judge and we are afraid of being judged. So there's a whole unconscious pattern going on when every meeting between two humans. And that can just become so stressful. And I feel that immediately, um, that someone is not not, in, not at ease. So I try to avoid those um, those 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 meetings because I'm not there to heal them. But I also want to make sure that I am not really pulled down by trying to unconsciously give them. Uh, energy or please them or make them make them feel worthy or make them even distract from their own pain by talking about our desires and everything so healing also becomes um, a subtle thing personal thing some something that you don't need a lot of things anymore well it's difficult to describe but it becomes more about ease acceptance, silence. And not everyone is ready for that. Maybe you're still here to be an adrenaline junkie. Then, you know, live that. Go back into survival mode. You can um, teach your brain uh, to go back to survival mode. It's called positive brain retraining. Um, that works for people who are... Um, very, very young, usually, young people who don't have a lot of stressors. For me, it didn't work. When I did brain retraining, I had a good few months. And after that, I started having panic attacks because I was just suppressing and suppressing. But my body really made it clear to me that suppressing is no longer an option.
And then um, something else I would like to talk about is money. Um, I decided to close the program to really make people invest in it. So really work only with the ones who are dedicated to it. Because I noticed that a lot of people who donate maybe only one cent uh, for the program, they actually earn more than I do, than I did. Because we were still living from very little money while working as a volunteer every day with hundreds of emails. So that, that, that just does, didn't feel right anymore. And most people actually turned out to have more money than they were saying. But they chose they choose to spend it in a way that it is uh, unsupportive for them because they refuse to make the difficult choices. A lot of people think that I was very rich in my own recovery journey. Um, I was not. I had some savings in the beginning, but after one year of, 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 of having fatigue and when I had to stop work, I saw that my, you know, my bank account was dropping rapidly of the amount that I have. Um, so I decided to make tough choices. I got out of my house because I could no longer afford it. Although I could have probably lived there for like two more years before being bankrupt. But I decided to make the tough choice and I went to live somewhere really cheap. It was also not, it also had its disadvantages because I was triggered with others all the time. But I think that was as well life giving me the opportunity to look at some stress that was inside of me. When I um, um, had, I mean, I wanted to um, go to the hairdresser sometimes because my hair looked a little bit bad, but I did, but I did not really have enough energy to talk with uh, with the hairdresser, and it also was quite expensive because I used to go to pretty expensive hairdressers. So I just taught myself to cut my hair, and I've never spent the money, uh, never spent a dollar or a euro anymore. On going to the hairdresser i didn't buy any clothes and i've I, I hardly buy any clothes right now it's just very simple stuff no brands but i used to be sort of like a fashion uh fashion uh well addict i think that's even normalized in our society but i don't care about it anymore i don't care about my looks anymore it's just something that left me with all the stress that was inside of my body but I decided to make the tough choices. And therefore, when you have chronic fatigue syndrome and you are starting your healing journey and when you're still in resistance, with, you get that when you're wired, having lots of thoughts for a very long time and you're not releasing, then your healing journey is going to take some time. And you can make it as long and uncomfortable as you want in a way by following what is normal in our society. So if it's going to take some time, then please make some, some hard and difficult choices. And because of my choices, um, I also went to tropical beaches in my recovery. But I lived there for very little money. I actually spent, there, I spent less money there on food, accommodation, and than I did at home. And at home I also had the, heat, the heating every winter, uh, so I needed to pay for that. And in, in countries like Thailand or Laos or Sri Lanka, I could eat for, let's say, two euros a day, two or three dollars a day, and I could 
sleep for like five dollars a day at cheap places but i was okay with that i wanted to make that investment because as soon as i was always in in a, in a wonderful place where i was not really focused anymore on my problems i always started to feel better sometimes symptoms disappeared within a week or maybe just 80 percent disappeared i still had some grogginess and from that moment on i felt so much better and i had actually some muscle capacity so before i was bed bound and i never really thought that you know like uh, uh, because I, I was so afraid of my muscle aches that I could move again. But then only in a week time, I was able to to ride a bicycle for, let's say, 10 kilometers. That's how fast it can go. And some people, they, they really want to build up their muscles in still at home because they don't dare to go outside because of fear. So release the fear first. Uh, they don't... Well, they, if they want to... Um, build up their muscle by sitting uh, sitting first when they were laying down the whole day. Sitting for a minute a day. And the next day, two minutes. The next day, maybe, or next week, three minutes. But that's too mind-driven, too mind-based. It doesn't work like that. And it's not like you need to train yourself to run a marathon because, of course, if you would do that, and you need like maybe six months of training but I think I don't think that when I look at nature that running a marathon is necessary. I don't see any animal running marathons, but I see them moving in the flow and following their impulses. And that's how we can live as well. And then things can increase rapidly, but not by controlling it, not by controlling our muscles or um, trying to 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 put the fears or manage the fears uh, inside of us. But, you know, whenever there is a fear, feel it in your body. Where is it? What does it need? Give it some love. Release it. And then move forward. And then you would see that all these thoughts and planning about building up your muscles, it's all coming from a very stressful place. But if you instead start to enjoy yourself and start to flow and also the flow and the healing process you release something you feel better uh, symptoms disappear almost or uh, par partially then after at some, some time some something else wants to come up because it needs to leave your body you feel more stressed maybe something has been triggered instead of waiting for the symptoms to pass you spend 30 minutes to release and after the 30 minutes of release, symptoms improve again. And that's sort of the flow, the healing flow, the wave of recovery. So we don't need all this stuckness. We don't need to be in a state of resistance. But we need to learn how to, how to just be. Well, it sounds a little philosophical, but this is really what I would, what I'm teaching and, and, and what I'm uh, what I think is the best way forward. Because although going to a tropical beach and not being confronted with your problems is a form of brain retraining or neuroplasticity, and everything I do is a form of brain retraining, um, 
but I don't believe anymore in the brain retraining where we say stop to any negative emotion or feeling and that we squeeze all the emotions back inside of us because that that can just become very toxic. So I don't recommend doing that. Anyway, it's uh, December. It's getting Christmas, New Year's. I'm uh, not really a fan of Christmas because in my childhood, I really started to dislike it with all the adults that actually hate each other, but pretending that they had a good time together. Um, so I like to be alone. So I spend it with my dog, um, who had become in the last two years a really good companion, a really good friend. He's so loyal. He's so kind. Um, oh, I just love him. I love my dog. His name is Badu. And we spend it together here uh, near the beach in Sardinia at Christmas. I will make a fire to, I don't know why, but just plan to make a fire. And that's what I do. And then in the new year, I will start making more content again because I've been very busy with um, remaking the program. And then I got some more time again can breathe again, go back into the, into the flow more, really enjoying what it is to be and to feel and to breathe. Lightness, and from that place on, I like to create content again to inspire people to start with a release process. If it's with the program, the release program or not, I don't think that matters. But I wish you all a beautiful healing journey and a beautiful Christmas and a happy new year. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and I'll see you next time.